0: Jamal Cross of the LA Clippers. You're now tuning in to Cruise Control, hosted by my man, Randy Cruz. howling. Welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. I am joined by Mr. John Corrales. From RedsArmy.com, you can follow him on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John, and he is also the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. John, what's up, my man? How you doing?
1: Oh, man, doing great, doing great, and getting ready for this basketball season to start up in about a month and a
0: half. All right. I know I know, NBA starts in, in, in a, a month and a half, but football also starts this weekend. How are you excited for your Patriots, man? Yeah.
1: As for hey, I'm a Patriots fan, so my season doesn't start until week five because <laughs> Brady's out. Uh, this that Deflate Gate stuff. So, but I won't turn this into a a rant on that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to to him tearing the league up when he comes back.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, man. You know, me me living in New York, a lot of people tell me, I uh, you know, there's no rule that you can't have one or two teams, uh, to to, to be your favorite. But for me. I've always been a, a, a Viking fan and a Patriot fan, and me living in New York, people, people kind of hate me for that, because they, they tell me, how can you live in New York and be a Patriot fan? I'm like, well, you guys just don't have Tom Brady. <laughs> right. You just got good taste, man. That's all it is. Exactly, man. But um, first of all, always great to have you on. John Corrales. He's on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John for RedsArmy.com. He is the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Um, I got you on talking Celtics, so right, uh, let's get right to it, man. How excited are you for the season coming up for the Celtics?
1: Uh, I'm really excited. I, you know, with, with the Celtics getting Horford, and I think that's a big, huge improvement. It's a big upgrade in their starting lineup. Uh, over Jared Sullinger, I think that other guys on this team are going to improve. I'm looking forward to that. And I think Brad Stevens is uh, has an opportunity to do uh, a lot of cool things with this with these guys that he's got. And uh, I think the Celtics thing's going
0: to be a pretty good team. Now, you mentioned Al Horford. He was like your 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 main top free agent that you got. Uh, I know Boston was in the mix of so trying to be in the mix for Jimmy Butler and Kevin Love and Cousins and, and Chris Middleton from Milwaukee. But you ended up with Al Horford. How how important was it for you to get not only a big free agent, but to get a guy like um, Al Holford on your roster?
1: I think two things. First of all, getting that big free agent was big because it dispels this myth that the Celtics don't get big free agents. Uh, that's something that kind of permeates the discussion in Boston. They, they like to say that, or they like to say that past tense before this, but it was always a, a myth because the Celtics never really pursued any big-time free agents. They always got guys via trade. They they got their first big three with Bird, McHale, and Paris through trades and the draft. They got the second big three through trades and the draft. And they never really had to pursue big-time free agents. So now that they were in the mix for one and they finally had the money and the situation to do it, they got one. And so that was, that was big just from a myth-busting sort of perspective. From a team perspective, it's really, really huge because he does a lot of the things that Jared Sullinger couldn't do. And it's real key because he's much better in the pick-and-roll. He becomes easily the Celtics' best pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop player. And now you put him out on a lineup with a bunch of shooters. Uh, Avery Bradley is a threat from three. It's not like he's a knockdown killer from three, but he's a threat. Jay Crowder is a guy you have to respect from three. Kelly Olenek, once he's back and healthy from the shoulder surgery, I don't know if people remember, but there was a stretch in December and January last year where he was shooting up over 40% from three. He can, he can fill it up. He's a threat from downtown. She so put those three guys in the perimeter and you run Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford pick and roll, pick and pop, Horford is a big guy, so he can shoot over the top of people. He can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. just opens the whole offense up, and I think really what the benefit's going to be is to Isaiah Thomas's playmaking and finishing at the rim so I think the Celtics offense which was already pretty good last year has the potential to be uh, a lot better just from the addition of, of him on the offense and then defensively he can protect the rim and you can move Amir Johnson to the bench and now they can sub in for each other and you have a big who can kind of protect the rim at all times on the floor so defensively I think that really helps the Celtics a lot too. Horford can, can block shots early. at least Challenge shots that Sullinger couldn't. So that difference right there is going to be a big upgrade on both ends of the floor.
0: Now you mentioned that the uh, Boston had a, had a, had a great year last year. Um, they they finished fifth in the Eastern Conference, lost in the first round to to Atlanta, and now Horford comes along to your roster. You have Isaiah Thomas on board. You guys were you guys were fifth last year, but does the Horford move? give you a better chance to end up in the top four or maybe maybe in the top three?
1: Well, let's, let's look at what happened last year. The Celtics ended up with the fifth seed, but they were tied for the third best record. And through a series of tiebreakers, they ended up with, with the fifth seed. But mm-hmm. they were tied for the third best record in the East. So, I think... When you look at the addition that they got with with Horford, and Toronto's kind of Toronto kind of stood pat, and they, I mean they took Sollinger. they lost Biombo, they they. I don't see any huge improvements. They'll probably be about as good as they were last year, but Boston's going to be better. So I don't know if they're going to be the second seed, but they will certainly challenge to be the second seed in the East. And at the very worst, I think they're top three, and then it's the rest of the East fighting for
0: fourth through eighth. I, I I'll tell you one team that did improve my New York Knicks, John. My Knicks improved.
1: Oh yeah, man, they're a real super team,
0: aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Derek Rose said it. He, he, we're a super team that that can go eighty-two and zero and beat everybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know what Derek Rose is smoking, but he better save me some. That's all I'm
0: saying. Yeah, he better pass that around.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he is on some serious stuff, man. Uh, look, they they could be okay,
0: mm.
1: but I don't think the Knicks... I think best-case scenario for the Knicks this year is the sixth seed, which... I mean, I, I guess all things considered, might work out, but I don't see Derrick Rose playing a full season, and who knows even how his legal case will shake out. Let's throw that out there for a second. Right. His legal case seems pretty damning right now, so I don't know how that's all going to pan out. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on for Knicks fans. And then Noah? Noah's not going to play a full season, and... I've I got to see what they do, how they're going to run their offense, uh, what they're going to do with Porzingis. I'd love to see them – well, I wouldn't love to see it, but from a Knicks fan perspective, I would, I would love to see them really focus on Porzingis as the centerpiece of that offense as opposed to all of these other guys, and I just don't think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be a bunch of individual play with Porzingis kind of getting some overflow.
0: But yeah, I, I do agree with you. The fact that Derrick Rose, uh, hopefully he'll he'll play sixty five, seventy games, or even with the whole legal case, he, he does not miss any part of the season. Uh, that remains to be seen. But I think having bringing Jennings on board as well can also help us in that factor. In the event Derrick Rose does not go the entire season,
1: yeah. geez, I forgot about Brandon Jennings. This is the time of year uh, where I forget. Like, oh yeah, Jennings went there. Another guy, another individual player who is going to be fighting for touches and shots. Um, the, the only thing I can say about the Knicks situation is it looks kind of weird, and I don't know what they're going to be, but it's all short-term, and they can kind of reboot next summer. So it's it seems kind of weird what, what Phil Jackson did, but... It's not. It's not like he made long-term, permanent mistakes. It's just kind of a weird short-term mix that's going on there.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, listen. As long as they make the playoffs, if we're anywhere in in the top five, I, I, I'll be. I'll be happy. I'll be shocked. But you know, you had them going six. I might have them. You know, for them to get, for them to crack the top four. Everything has to play well. They all gotta be be healthy. They all gotta play magnificent basketball. Um, can it can it get there? I, I mean, it, uh, I don't doubt it. But you gotta leap over what the the, the Raptors and the Pacers. You guys. Um, you know, I, I don't think Miami's going to be there in the mix because D Wade left. Um, Atlanta is going to be in the mix with they added Dwight Howard. Uh, Cleveland really stood pat. So my question to you is: uh, um, the improvement for the Eastern Conference can it be? Uh, can it be a dogfight of the, of eight teams trying to make the playoffs?
1: Well, the, the Eastern Conference is going to be a little weird this year. Um, Let's, let's separate this into two things. First of all, Cleveland. And there's a possibility that Cleveland's regular season might be kind of not that great by their standards. Uh, still really good, but not exactly what they're looking for uh, or their fans would be looking for So. But this is because LeBron is going to coast again, like he coasted last regular season. He's a guy who plays uh, 100 games a year where everyone else is playing 80-something games a year. And he's been doing it for a long time. He is at a point in his life in his career that he's just not going to bust his ass in December, January, February games. He's just not going to do it. He's going to rely on other guys to kind of pick up the slack. He's going to do just enough for Cleveland to be in the at the top of the at, at the top of the conference. But that might leave them open for uh, a less-than-expected regular season. So could Boston or, or Toronto make some sort of shocking run that gets them up into the top seed? Maybe. That's, I'm not going to say it's impossible just because I know because of everything I just said. However, that's not to say that once the playoffs come around, Cleveland turns into a complete buzzsaw again and gets back to the NBA Finals. They're clearly the class of the East, and whatever happens in the regular season, I'm going to be there on Twitter saying, "Don't sleep on them. Don't write them off. Don't be writing those. Hey, maybe there there's a uh, you know something something wrong with this team. Don't be writing that in February. Don't be at the All Star break trying to figure out what's wrong with Cleveland. Just." LeBron is coasting and setting himself up for another run in the playoffs. Now, the rest, of the, league, the rest of the conference is really weird. Detroit is kind of good, but how good are they really? Indiana is kind of good, but how good are they really? There's a lot of these teams that are kind of good, but there's, there are questions. You can go all the way down to the Orlando Magic, who you look at the moves that they made, and you're like, well, this is just a weird team. They're not going to be very good, are they? But how are you going to drive on them? Look at their front court. How are you going to score on them? They've got Biombo, Ibaka, they've got. you can try to get to the rim on them, but basically no one's going to get a shot within four feet of the basket. So they're going to be like the least dunked on team in the NBA. That's going to count for something. And if they can figure out some kind of mix on their offense, then all of a sudden Orlando goes from a team that people think would be like the 10th or 11th or 12th seed and probably should. All of a sudden they become a team that's challenging for five, six, seven, somewhere in that mix. And somebody's got to be pushed out of the bottom. So, aside from the obvious, Brooklyn, Philly, the rest of the teams are just kind of in a weird kind of catch-fire mode where a lot of those guys could end up being in the eighth seed. So, the regular season is going to be a really interesting kind of race this year.
0: So, in, in in your mind, out of the eight teams that made it last year, that made the playoffs last year, who do you see is on the outside, uh, looking in? Maybe may not make it, or have has no chance of making it this year.
1: Um. Well, uh, I think. Look, I think the playoff teams are obviously. Let's go down the line. I think Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, uh, Indiana is going to be in there. It's four. Uh, Detroit I think is in there that's five um, let's see here um, I'm not I'm not sold on
0: what about uh, Atlanta?
1: Atlantas in there
0: so that's six there,
1: okay so that's six um,
0: Miami uh, no you can't put Miami, you can't put Miami over New York who, who, who does Miami got? Now I'm, I'm
1: like I'm, I'm thinking of teams from last year that oh, Charlotte, might Charlotte. be might be out. You know what I mean? Charlotte. So New, New York, I'll put New York in there. So what's that? Am I
0: at seven? You're at seven, and also Charlotte made it last year. Yeah.
1: Um, God, losing Lynn was a big deal. Losing Al Jefferson, not as much, but still a, a, a big loss for them.
0: And and and, um, uh, and, and Courtney Lee, they lost too.
1: And they lost Courtney Lee, so they, they, they took some hits. Um, I, I think they're probably out, but uh, Milwaukee's in. i got to say Milwaukee's in. What so about? That Washington, yeah. I think Washington's out. Yeah. Um, Washington, Philly, Orlando, <clears throat> Miami are all out. Charlotte's out from last year. Yeah,
0: I'll go with that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, at the at end. The, and and at I, the, I can't
1: tell you the order. I can't tell you the order.
0: Right, right, Again,
1: right. Again, Milwaukee, weird team. What are they going to do? They get the coupo at their point guard. How's that going to work out? It was great at the end of last year, but how's that going to work out this year? Are teams going to be able to game plan for that better going in? Uh, so there's just a lot of teams that could be – 53 wins or 47 wins and, and that's going to make you either third or seventh you know so it's like so it's a weird <laughs> eastern conference is weird i've used that word probably 30 times already and that's that's the best way i can describe the eastern conference this year it's weird
0: yeah i think bottom line is if it, if you want to make the playoffs in the east you you got to get at least 44 45 wins and uh, i think i think that's a cutoff
1: yeah, oh yeah, easily There's no There's no losing record getting into the Eastern Conference playoffs this year
0: Now I see uh, your coach, Brad Stevens he, he said he's very prepared, very anxious to get this season started uh, I think this is, yeah, you, you can probably help me out Year three or year four with Brad Stevens um, This is year four Year four, okay, so now taking what he's been able to do um, How far can he take this Celtic team? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure everybody's a fan uh, of what he's been able to do. But um, how high is the ceiling for Brad Stevens?
1: And, well, this season or all time, I, I think I think he's a championship coach. I think he mm. and the Celtics. I think the Celtics moving forward are, are definitely uh, a championship contender within the next two years or so So this season I think the ceiling for the Celtics this season is the Eastern Conference Finals that's the everything goes right the guys progress no one gets a devastating injury Uh that type of thing I think the best case is the Eastern Conference Finals Um, the worst case scenario is that something goes horribly wrong guys get hurt and it's another first round exit. That's, I think, the Celtics are, and the Celtics fans, a lot, at the end of the last season, there was a little bit of a, a bad taste in our mouths, but just had to realize that through some weird quirk in the, in the standings, that they, they ended up with a fifth seed and a road matchup with the Atlanta Hawks, which was the worst possible matchup they could have had. And, and that, that matters in the playoffs. You can't, if you have a, one bad matchup, You could be a really good team and be bounced. So, look at the San Antonio Spurs from last year. They were the second-best team in the NBA. If Golden State didn't exist, they would have been an historically good team, and everyone would have been gushing over them, and they got bounced before the finals. So... Uh, a bad situation can be, can be devastating, and I think that's the worst-case scenario for the Celtics this year. But I love Brad Stevens. He's, he's got the right, I think, temperament for the NBA, and he's really, really smart, and he doesn't overthink things either. That's, that's the big thing. He, I think he's got a, just a great attitude, and he, he has the right approach, and he lets guys do what they do best, mm. and he uses them really well. And look at Evan Turner. Evan Turner was basically on his way out of the NBA, and all of a sudden he became this reclamation project in Boston, and then he went off and gets $72 million from Portland. So Whoa. guys like that are a benefit from Brad Stevens. So I think that he's ultimately, when he retires, he's going to be looked upon as, Greg Popovich is looked upon now. Like he's going to be in that class of coach. Not there quite yet now, but I'm talking about when he's 20 years from now. I think people will will see and respect him in that same way.
0: All right, two more, John, before I let you go. Um, I guess a big shock or a big surprise from last year was Isaiah Thomas and and, and the work that he did. you know, becoming an all star and taking your team to to the playoffs. Um, let's talk about what kind of impact he will have or should have this upcoming season. What kind of, what kind of season do you expect and, and what, what are fans expecting from Isaiah Thomas this season?
1: I think realistically you can expect something similar to last year uh, because of the Al Horford effect. Uh, simply, he's going to have more space to operate. So a lot of the drives he's going to have, will be, he'll be able to finish those and he'll hopefully, I think this might be a little more optimistic than realistic, but the hope is that with all of this space to work, that he'll be able to take some more efficient shots, more clean shots, and his efficiency will go up a little bit. That's the one thing I'd really like him to clean up is his efficiency. And so if he can raise his three-point percentage a little bit and finish at the rim a little bit more, with uh, a little bit higher percentage rather than just get to the line. Uh, I think that we can see maybe a slight uptick in his scoring, and I think we can see a little more on the assist side because of all the space that he'll get, guys will overreact, defenses will overreact, and he'll have an opportunity to dish uh, a little bit more. So I think he's going to be another one of those guys that's uh, in the mix for the all-star team and, uh, on, the, uh, you know, on the reserve side
0: uh last one i got for you um boston is in uh i don't know i don't know if you know but boston plays this team called new york on christmas day um in the garden so my thing is who do you have winning in the garden on christmas day let me your Celtics or is it my Knicks <laughs> hmm. let's see where
1: i'm
0: going to go with this.
1: <laughs> uh, i think i honestly think that the Celtics Defense will will really be able to limit the Knicks, uh, and I just I just think the Knicks are too individual basketball heavy. That Rose and Mello and Jennings and all those guys they're, they're not real passers, so I don't think that's going to beat the Celtics. I think they're going to go a lot of one on one, and that's going to be a real problem for them. Celtics are gonna be a really good defensive team. They were like top. I want to say top three or four defensively last year, and they could be better. So I think I got the Celtics on Christmas. Uh, if, if everything goes according to plan, I got the Celtics uh, on Christmas by like ten.
0: Okay. I mean, of course, I would say New York. You know, you know, you know, Christmas game, twelve o'clock. You know, you guys coming in from a long flight from Boston, so that that might hurt you. Um, (laughs) I would would say New York, but I think, you know, all jokes aside, man, I think, you know, if your team can stay healthy and if my team can stay healthy, um, the NBA is better when you have teams like Boston, New York. Uh, LA in the playoffs in the mix. Uh, you know, even hopefully one day Philadelphia. But when you get those main marquee t- uh teams, um, the NBA is better. And and I think it's time that the Knicks finally make the playoffs again. We haven't been there in, in about three years. You guys are all are on the come up, and your ceiling, as you say, your ceiling is Eastern Conference Finals. My ceiling is. At least top five, so at least some. So hopefully, we're both headed in the right direction, and uh, I I I definitely wish your team good luck this season. Everybody, you know, remains healthy, and really, you know, bring uh, be that threat to the Cavaliers because when when you look at it top to bottom, like you mentioned, Toronto did not really make any any moves like that. Um, Indiana improved, but um, are they going to go from first round to conference finals in one year? We don't know, but I think you guys might be the biggest test. To the Cavaliers? Well,
1: let's hope so. And I think you're right. I'd love to see the Knicks. I love a good Celtics Knicks rivalry. I love them both being good at the same time. So that that will definitely make things more fun. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I'm I'm hoping the Celtics can live up to the hype.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Anytime Boston and New York plays, it's always great because, you know, just to refresh your memory, we beat you guys in the playoffs back in 2013. So, yeah, there you go. First round. Keep keep hanging on to that number. <laughs> um, <laughs> John Corral is dot Check him out on Twitter. Let me let me let me get it right. Uh, at redsarmy underscore John. You are the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Let people know when they can hear it and what on uh, avenues they can hear it from. Going
1: to do is search for Locked On Celtics basically anywhere you get podcasts because we're, we're on everything iTunes, Google Play, mm. Stitcher, wherever it is. Tune in, we're there. Uh, right now, we're going twice a week, uh, posting on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But uh, as we get closer to the season, we're going to be on daily. We do daily podcasts. Uh, about Half an hour or so apiece, and uh, as the season moves on, we're going to be doing post game recaps, you know, pre game previews, uh, stuff like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: How far do you have the Patriots going?
1: Uh, Super Bowl chance. I always got them being Super Bowl chance. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> Super Bowl or bust, Super Bowl right?
1: Chance until Brady hangs them up, and then, you know, then I don't want to think about them. <laughs>
0: I mean, football should be great. Starts starts tomorrow. Well, I'm, I'm gonna say today. I'm probably put it up tomorrow, anyway. But uh, yeah, good luck to the Patriots and good luck to the Celtics, man. All right, thanks a lot. All right, man, no problem. Thank you.